If you would like to count us down, please do the pleasures, sir. All right. Five, four, three, two, one. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the We Got Us conversation tour, where we operate from the belief that each young person is an idea away from their lives changing for the better. Today, I'm honored to welcome Andrew Nidzuris. Yes, I got it right. <laughs> to the show. <laughs> Based in Southern California, Andrew is a thought leader within the field of education. And in 2018, basketball icon Kobe Bryant visited Andrew's classroom, having heard that he developed a curriculum based on the Punies podcast that Kobe produced. First and foremost, Mr. Andrew, thank you for taking the time. How are you today? Hey, thank you for having me on here. And uh, I'm just delighted to doing, doing, I think, as well as we all can in a global pandemic, right? <laughs> 100%. One day at a time until that vaccine rolls out. That's right. <laughs> Before our first, my first formal question, I just wanted to share with the audience how grateful I am for this connection with Andrew. We've been chatting on and off for probably every other day. And social media and the internet in general gets a lot of flack for negativity, uh, wastage of time sometimes, et cetera, et cetera. But then let's also, let's also shed some light on the, the great things such as developing inter-country friendships that would not have been possible before this. Absolutely, yeah. Just like we were talking before, uh, we recorded the, the technology nowadays to be able to do this, meet somebody across the country and around the world. Uh, it's amazing. So pleasure to pleasure to have met you and uh, grateful for our friendship. 100%. 100%. So you also have a podcast. Yeah. No Matters. I listened to the first episode. And within the first two or three minutes, you reference a book titled the Power of Moments by Chip Heath, H-E-A-T-H, -H, for those of you guys who are just listening to audio. So I want to start with a special one. When I, when I opened this episode with the moment that Kobe visited your classroom, mm. take me through that whole moment. How did it come to be? What was it like? What have you learned? Please, sir. Sure. Um, it still blows my mind that that day happened, that, uh, you know, I... I grew up as you did, uh, just a, a a Kobe fan from the start. Um, I grew up watching him on TV with the Lakers, and just with my dad, that would be kind of our our bonding time, you know, is to watch the Lakers and watch Kobe and Shaq and watch Kobe throughout the years. And so, um, for me, it, it was just it, it still blows my mind that that day happened. But I, at the time, I was teaching elementary school and. I was teaching uh, fourth and fifth grades during those years. And one year I happened to have a student in my class who her mom runs this blog, the OC mom blog. And one day um, she, we, you know, obviously having her daughter in my class over the years, uh, we built a connection. And so one day I was, I remember I was at the store and my phone, uh, I got a text message from her mom and she said, uh, hey, I'm going to be out of town and I've got this one-on-one -on -one interview uh, with Kobe Bryant that I can't do. W would you be interested? <laughs> and of course she knew I was a huge Kobe fan. And so I nearly picked myself off the floor. And of course I said, yes, uh, I would love to do that one-on-one uh, -on -one interview with Kobe Bryant for your blog, right? <laughs> and so... Um, it was at the Rose Bowl there in Pasadena, and mm -hmm. I got to interview him 
uh, for for her blog. And and that day he was um, there to support the soccer, uh, one of the soccer uh, programs there, and also body armor. So um, he had his body armor shirt on. I was I was walked on the field, you know, this press badge type thing. Got there super early in the morning. Um, I mean, I woke up, I must have woke up at four in the morning that day to get over to Pasadena because I was nervous about <laughs> traffic and all. So anyway, I got there and got to meet Kobe, had the interview. So that was that was years ago, you know, and fast forward. Uh, one sec, Andrew. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but did, did you show up and he was like, hey, you're not an OC mom. Uh, he didn't <laughs> do that. Although, <laughs> yeah, uh, although it was crazy because at the end of the interview, I said, you know, Kobe, I actually saw you at a soccer game for one of your daughters over in Costa Mesa one time. And so it was funny because at the end of the interview, he goes, well, hey, the next time you see me uh, at a soccer game, you're going to say what's up. And so I was like, is this crazy? This is, yeah, of course, I'll say what's up. Uh, <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, so I saw him there and it was crazy because I said, okay, so we fast forward years later and my dad, who of course, like I said, is a, is a big Kobe fan. One Saturday morning, I'm in my bed and I get an email or a text message from my dad. And he says, Hey, Kobe's doing something called the punies with a podcast for kids. You should check it out. So I checked it out and I was like, you know, I think I can use this somehow in my classroom. I can develop lessons based off of this. So I did, and I created a curriculum around it. And, uh, and so I, I reached out to the body armor guy at the time that I, that I made the connection with. And I just said, hey, uh, I wanted to let you know, like, it was a pleasure meeting you a few years ago. Not sure if you remember me, but just to let you know, like I'm using the Punies podcast. The kids are loving it. Um, they're enjoying everything about it. And, uh, oh, go ahead, yeah. Can I please get a timeline? So Rose Bowl was what year? Let's see. Rose Bowl, if I'm I'm blanking on the year, but I think it was, if I had to take a guess, I think it was 26, 2015. Okay. I think it was, yeah. It's I think it was 2015. I, I could be messing up on that. Um, okay. But, but yeah, so then fast forward to 2018. 2018, okay. And I, I email the guy and I say, hey, I'm, I love the punies. You guys are doing an amazing job. He responds and he says, hey, I told Kobe and he said, that's awesome. And I was like, wait, what? Like in the back of my head, of course, my dream was like Kobe finds out about this, but it's a stretch. You know, I mean, we're talking Kobe Bryant here, a, a international NBA champion superstar. The chances of him hearing about this, not the best odds, probably take your bets against it. Right. Um but he did. And then he go, and then I get another email from somebody else who says, not only did he like it, he wants to come and see what you're doing with the punies. Can we do that? And I was like, yeah, I think we can find some time. <laughs> I think math, we can. Math four can take some time. Yeah, we, we, yeah we can, exactly. We'll do divisions tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> we can put aside those math facts for a little bit. Kobe Bryant <laughs> wants to come in. So, uh, <laughs> so they did and he came and, uh, and that's how it happened. I mean, uh, it, it was crazy. I think, I think was the second part of that question. What do I remember most from the day? Yeah, so Kobe enters your classroom. Yeah. Kids, some kids probably go ballistic. And then did you, did you unpackage the podcast? What did you guys talk specifically about? 
about communities sure. as you guys took that awesome photo that I shared on the on my Instagram feed and I'll, I can share it again in yeah. the comments below there between him arriving in the classroom and that photo being taken what happened well as you can imagine uh planning an event with with Kobe um it's not a it's not like if you and I wanted to go meet at Starbucks, right? We just get in our <laughs> car and go. <laughs> That's not the same. This is uh, this is Kobe here. So it actually was months in planning. So you know we had to make sure the security detail was set up. Uh, you know the the officers were there that uh, you know for the day of, and there was a bunch of things behind the scenes that I'm not even entirely sure how it all came to be, but it it, it was a surprise. So the kids did not know that Kobe was going to be there that day. Wow, 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 wow. Parents, the only thing we told them was people from the punies are wanting to come and check it out. And, and the kids were asking like, was Kobe going to come? Is Kobe going to, mm -hmm. and I had to dodge the question. Somehow I dodged it. And I, and I just, <laughs> whatever I said, you know, I said, oh, well, the punies people want to be here. Mm -hmm. um, so I said, guys, it's really hard because Kobe's got a very busy schedule. So, you know, we're thankful that punies people want to be here right and so um so anyway they they had to uh sign all these permission slips uh, for all this thing you know for whatever it was mm -hmm. and um and yeah so so but for months we had to we had to keep it a secret and there was a very few select people who knew like this was happening mm -hmm. um and so the day that he showed up uh, he actually brought 250 books for the school library. Uh, um, he showed up as like, I don't know what he called, Shackle Claus, but a Kobe Claus. I don't know, whatever you want to call it. Um, and he just came with this big wagon of books. He, he spoke to the whole uh, school outside and, um, you know, and emphasized reading and how important it was, it is to read. And, um, and then he came into my classroom. And Kobe really genuinely wanted to see what the kids were doing with the punies. And it's interesting because in one of the interviews that I saw with him, and I'm trying to remember if it was Jay Shetty or Lewis Howes or one of those people, yeah. he said, you know, one of the things that with basketball for him, immediately, if he made a game-winning shot or if he made something, you get that feedback right away. You know, you get the crowd. But with the books that he wrote in the in the punies, he says it's not often that you get that immediate response. So I think, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like he wanted to be there to see, like, all right, what's going on here with the punies, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and he did, and he just had smiles on his face the whole time. And and for me, like as a Kobe fan, Kobe gave to me and to you and to millions inspiration beyond compare like lifetime and beyond this life for other people our generations later are going to be inspired by kobe bryant mm -hmm. but it was crazy because somebody had told me at the time you know after he passed away he said um you know andrew i just want to say like kobe bryant inspired the world but you actually did something that that probably few people got to do. And that was you put a smile on his face and brought joy from something that he made with the punies. And you got to help facilitate a joyful moment for Kobe. And like <laughs> that, like <laughs> it 
for all the stuff, for everything that he gave to us, for me to see those smiles and to have them like the pictures of that day and just like embedded in my mind, like Kobe was happy that day because of the stuff that the kids were doing with his podcast and the things that I got to help facilitate, like mm-hmm. it's huge. And one other thing, um, so I had this thing in my classroom called learn ball, where if the kids did something or they earned it, they got the shoot from far away, right? This tiny little basketball with a tiny little hoop and they got learn ball tickets. And if they got enough learn ball tickets for doing something right or doing something impressive or whatever, uh, doing something nice for somebody else, I give them a learn ball ticket. So every week, you know, we try and do this. And I had before in planning for Kobe to come to the classroom. I said, hey, you think would it be cool if like Kobe took a learn ball shot and he got like on the Hall of Fame? (laughs) (laughs) Would he want to do that? Like, because, you know, if you get into the learn ball, if you make the shot, which is very hard to do, by the way, if you make it, um, I took a picture of the kids and they're on my Hall of Fame forever, right? Amazing. So, uh, but, but it turned out that Kobe, I guess through his people, they said, you know what? Kobe loves it, but he doesn't want to make it about himself that day. He doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Like he wants to make it about the kids. So as, as like cool as that sounds like to make a shot and stuff, he'd rather the focus be on the kids. And that's just straight Kobe right there. I mean, that's like, you know. <laughs> and that's such a beautiful transformation that you're able yeah. that he made as a human being. Yeah. You know, I'm wearing the, the number eight hoodie today. Oh. <laughs> but the, I think from, from the, the vast amount of consumption of number eight Kobe yeah. to that, that metamorphosis from number eight Kobe to 20 to number 24 Kobe. I couldn't imagine number eight Kobe being like, Hey, yeah, don't make it about me. Actually Kobe, <laughs> number eight Kobe was like, give it, let me take 50 of these. <laughs> let me take this until I make it. And for him to live a complete life yeah. in 41 years, yes, for him to make that whole metamorphosis from caterpillar to cocoon to butterfly that the world is able to come and to be inspired from is man and one of the overarching premises of our conversation today is to remember kobe as we are as we record we are three to four days from the first anniversary of his passing yeah so in keeping with that theme of moments shifting gears a little bit to January 26th of last year. Moments have the opportunity to, traumatic moments like that can really, in, in true Kobe form, he would say that this can, this can break you or this will make you better. Right. And judging on, judging by the, both of our social media presences and what we do from day to day, I would say it has really intensified our calling for both of us, right? So right. speak to how, that day intensified your calling to leave a legacy and an impact beyond yourself. Yeah. You know, like you were saying, number eight, Kobe to 24, two different people. Right. And he recognized that as well. Just, you know, people grow and people change over time. Like we all have, we're not growing. That's going to, you know, that's not good. Right. So, um, you know, for me that day, well, first of all, January 26th, uh, you know, we all remember where we were that moment. I was grading papers actually on my bed. And I looked out before I even, my phone started blowing up and I looked out and I just remember thinking like, gee, it's really foggy today. You know, like this is kind of just a weird, 
weird day. And then, then the phone started going and it was TMZ, of course. So I was like skeptical, but then it just, more people started saying the same thing and more and more. And I finally, you know, accepted it. I, th I said, I, what is, what is happening here? This is, this is not a joke. You know, this is actual real news. This is really happening. Right. And I cried the whole day. I mean, I, I, I couldn't do any, I was, I didn't grade another paper. I couldn't do anything. And I got continued to get, you know, my phone was just going crazy. I couldn't pick up. There were people that I wanted to, but I just, for whatever, I physically couldn't have that conversation. I didn't want to have that. I didn't want to accept that, mm -hmm. that this was really happening. That it was just, it had to have been a dream. It had to have been a joke. Like this is not real. So I, I waited you know, and, and it's crazy because I was actually a couple of weeks ago, I was going through like text messages from that time. And I realized like, I didn't even get back to some people like mm -hmm. from that, you know, because I just, I, I tried to ignore it, you know, those grief stages, you know, the first is denial. So, but my boss actually at the time called me and said, you can take tomorrow off. You don't have to come wow. in. Yeah. You don't have to come in. Like we get it. Don't. But I said, I appreciate that. But the last person that would tell me to stay home and cry is going to be Kobe. Mm. Like, no way could I even imagine him saying, hey, uh, I want you to stay in bed and cry all day. Like, mm -hmm. that would not be him. Mm -hmm. He would say, probably with a few expletives involved, <laughs> <laughs> he would say, get the off your bed and go into that classroom and inspire these kids. Don't stay home. Mm -hmm. And so in the back of my head, that was what was running. And I knew that I had to go in. Come hell or high water, I was going in that classroom. And at the time, so I taught fourth grade. And that evening, I had my college class. So mm -hmm. I taught both. You know, I was teaching... Talk about 15, 16 hour days, mamba mentality, right? Um, I did the class and boy, I mean, I couldn't even make it past the first minute. And anyway, uh, Take your time, I, told you I, I told you I wouldn't do this, but we're here for each other. here. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so I, I, we got through it and I, I tried to, whatever I said, um, uh, you know, I told the kids, uh, you know, that day was not going to be easy for all of us. Um, but I tried to give them hope and, and inspiration and talk about, you know, explain just similar to what I just said to you is I'm here because Kobe would have it no other way. And even beyond like this life. And that day particularly, but he's still like his presence was still there. And so um, we did, we talked about his life, his legacy, and how we can continue on with uh, just the Mamba mentality. And that evening, I went to Vanguard where I teach. And that same day, it was so crazy because at the time I was like be, just before Kobe, I was sick. Like I had, my throat was hurting me. My voice was getting lost like that. It was a 2020 <laughs> all over, right? I mean, mm -hmm. just the whole day. 
So I was physically sick to the point where I had taught all day fourth grade. Now I was going to go teach my university students. I had to bring a microphone system with me because I couldn't speak. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I was literally depending on that microphone system yeah. to help me get through that night on top of the day. And so, but for me, uh, that day was, I'll, I'll just, it's burned in my memory. Um, but it reminds me that we are here for a short amount of time. I mean, even if you have a hundred years, you know, I mean, in the long scheme of the history of the world, 100 years is a blip. So that day really made me, and it constantly, as I know it does for you and for millions, like you wake up every day with the sense of like, it's possible that today could be my last day. And Steve Jobs, who you and I both look up to and respect, he said in his Stanford University speech back in 2005, and if people have not heard that, or maybe we have some young people listening, um, that speech right there, he said, like, he would wake up every day and ask himself, mm -hmm. if today was the last day of my life, would I be okay with what I'm about to do? And if the answer for, is too, no for too long, then you got to change it. You got to do something else. The and only so caveat I would add to that, Andrew, yes. if I adopted that mentality, I'd be eating chicken strips and pizza every day. <laughs> if, I, if today is my last day, all I'm eating is junk food. But outside of that, I would be doing my best to accomplish all of my professional, personal goals. <laughs> like absolute poo-poo that day. Oh man, yeah. I'd have a stack of Reese's uh, up on my 100%. desk. <laughs> but that, that really, sorry, yeah, go ahead. That, that emphasized like for me, life is precious and it's not infinite. Mm. 20 years old, 30 years old, 15, 100, 90, you know, every day is a gift. Absolutely. Yeah. And part of why I wanted to have you on specifically is I want to show and demonstrate and vocalize to other people, whoever's listening to this, that it, what Kobe Bryant did on the basketball court, we translated to you and I taking that message and that work ethic and converting that into our respective disciplines and crafts. It would have been very, very easy for me to reach out to someone in the basketball community and share basketball memories for two hours, three hours, all day long. But the fact that you and I are both, as much as we love basketball, unfortunately not directly involved in basketball, but we still carry that ethos of the most important thing is to inspire others to be great at what they do. Yes. I think that's specifically why I wanted to have you on today. So shifting gears there. Okay. How did that mission come about? You know, if Kobe found basketball, how did you find teaching? Because what your, your mantra hit your version of Mamba mentality is to inspire others to love learning. If I'm correct. Yes, that is correct. Um, yeah, so please just, how did you, yeah, how did you love to teach? Yeah, yeah. sure. Um, yeah, and I first to back up what you were saying is that's what's so great about Kobe's Mamba mentality is it's not basketball specific. Mm -hmm. It, of course, applies to basketball. I mean, that was his life for the better part of his life. But for me, the way that because I'm five, seven, I think five, six, five, six or five, seven. I'm I not shoes on Andrew. Give yourself yeah. some. <laughs> <laughs> so I am not a 
I played the bench in basketball. We'll say that my senior year, I finally decided to play, but I played the bench, right? So I can't say like, I'm going to go on the basketball court and Mamba mentality and dunk on everybody. It's not going to happen, <laughs> but we can take that in my specific case, it's teaching. Mm-hmm. And I actually struggled a lot in elementary school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I nearly failed sixth grade. I did not, I was not a good student. And I, for a variety of reasons, but I didn't try. We'll just, I didn't feel like I, I convinced myself I couldn't do it. And so with that, I just said, well, I'm going to give up. Right. So my, my role as a, uh, as a student, and sorry, my battery's going to end out. Let me plug this in. Continue. (laughs) You have had Uh, quite the busy day, sir. Yeah, that's okay. (laughs) There we go. Let's put this in there. Okay. So I was a struggling, <laughs> oh, what was that, the Mac? Welcome back. I, oh, yeah. I, that's one of my favorite sounds in the world. Sorry, oh. off topic, when, when, you, when you, that charger hits the computer. Oh, yes. It's awesome. like life regenerated. <laughs> I, I was a struggling student, and, and I did not do well in school. Fast forward, my parents took me out, and I homeschooled for two years during junior high. Mm-hmm. And then my parents said, like, if you can shape up and actually put in the work, we'll let you go back to school. So I did. And I went and I worked hard and, and, uh, and then I went back into freshman year in high school as a regular, you know, student or whatever, uh, traditionally, but I had some great teachers. I had some really phenomenal teachers, uh, in high school and elementary, but I didn't appreciate them as much, I think, as I should have Mm. versus high school. And so a one teacher, Mr. Gatro. Okay, I don't know what, if this is just normal or not, but we wrote a 10 page double spaced paper in his sophomore year ethics class, 10 pages in high school. And, and we had to deliver it as a, as a uh, presentation. We had to do that. And he gave us, uh, so I had him for ethics and church history, two years in a row, the hardest class I mean, some of them even harder than the college classes that I that I took, right? Um, but I love that class. Part of you probably much better than writing a cookie cutter essay about uh, mice and men. A hundred percent. Oh, one hundred percent. And in fact, I remember when I was in college, the teacher said, "Hey, you guys, are gonna have to write a fifteen-page paper," and everybody freaked out. And I was like, "Well, it's only five more pages than Mr. <laughs> Gattel, right?" So I got this right. <laughs> to keep things to keep things on a on a Kobe theme. I yeah. remember one interview. He was speaking. He was releasing the I believe the Kobe nine or Kobe ten shoe at that time. Ah. And he was and he spoke on yeah. And during uh, when I was growing up in Italy, I had to we had to recite the Iliad front to back. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, cool. So I'm glad there are other teachers out there who also put students through that extreme as it does. Yes. But you yes. don't see the value of it when you're eight, nine, 10, whatever, right. however old, but later yeah. down in life, you do the hard thing first. Yes. Really, the hard thing is it comes easy. Rest at the end, not in the middle, right? Beautiful. He got that from his high school teacher too. That's right. That's right. Uh, Jane Maestrano, or one of them. Yeah. So, but I had all these great teachers and I was like, I want to be like them. <laughs> I want to do something like that, you know, but I didn't know what I went into college being a history, political science major. I interned for a congressman down here in Southern California. I thought I was going to be a lawyer. I thought it was going to go into politics. I did, I thought I was gonna do something, but uh, my sister actually convinced me to be a teacher. 
And she said, you know, Andrew, you like working with kids at the church. You do a lot of these vacation Bible schools. And uh, I just see that you're happy when you're working with kids and you might want to consider being a teacher. That summer I did it. <laughs> I signed up for the classes. I took all the state exams. I did my credential program in one year, which it could take up to, you know, two if you make it slow. I yep. took all the tests that you possibly could and, and I did it. And I just, I feel like, and for those people that want to become a teacher, um, I, I do this. Um, I, I always say, you don't want to be a teacher just because you have the summers off, right? Mm -hmm. Do it if you love it. If you love doing that, every class that I teach at Vanguard, in fact, I just started my first class this past week. And I told them in that class, like I do every class, uh, if you're just doing this because you get summers off and vacations and all this stuff, I said, I won't be offended. Drop this class mm -hmm. and, and do something you love because it's not worth it to you're going to hate it at the end if that's what you're doing. It for. And we feel it too, as students, as a current university student. We, we know if it's not, if it's not your basketball, if, yeah. if it isn't your basketball, we sense yeah. that from the first two minutes that you articulate right. anything. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I'm really glad that you hold that standard to your students. Yeah. And I think it's important because, you know, I hear so often on different podcasts that I listen to or interviews or whatever, it's like some people go 20 or 30 years doing something they hate. It's not okay if you're, you know, if you're in your freshman year in college and you, you're in a psychology program or you're in a, a teaching class and you realize, I don't know if this is for me, good, do something else, you know, because then you don't have to spend 20, 30 years doing something that you hate, you know? Absolutely. absolutely. Um, so, so that's kind of the, the trajectory. One of the, sorry to interrupt. And one of the things that, co that really inspired Kobe to shift into storytelling and find a second career arc that was not related to basketball. I think he spoke on how, I think he was having a conversation with Oprah. Hopefully I'm not. Yes, I believe you're right. Being quoted correctly. And then yeah. through Oprah, he found out that Giorgio Armani didn't start his brand until he was 40. And then he was like, hey, there's life after this. And that wow. got, the, that got the wheel going for him. Yeah, I think I definitely know he had conversations with Oprah and how he wanted his media company to run and how she did it and lessons that, that she learned, which is important. I'm glad you brought that up because... Kobe, if you, and I, I Googled it and he had a picture of himself in his office and maybe in your, the editing of all this, you might be able to find that and put it up, but he has pictures of like people that inspired him, JK Rowling, Oprah, Steve Jobs. Yep. It's important to have those people. Michael Jackson's up there too, I think. I think Michael Jackson's up there as well. Yeah. Another just obsessed with better mentality, right? I think it's extremely important to have those people. For me, it's Kobe, Steve Jobs, Princess Diana, Taylor Swift, Walt Disney, and Michelle Obama. These people, in some way, shape, or form, went through crazy hard times. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in this particular culture, for kids especially to know, these people don't become instant successes overnight. Some people like YouTubers and different things, they might. However, the work they even do behind the scenes to just make one 10-minute video mm -hmm. is hours and hours and hours of editing and redoing. and re So I hope we can dispel this notion that success is just an overnight thing. 
you know, because when people look at Kobe or LeBron or Steph Curry, they have to realize and know these guys are in the gym more than anybody else. They're obsessed about it more than anybody else. I think LeBron James spends a million dollars on his body, just his body. Now he can do that because he's a multi-million dollar star, right? But the thing is, he doesn't have to. He chooses to do that, right? These people like Taylor Swift, when she was, I had the pleasure of going to her reputation tour also at the Rose Bowl. And Mm -hmm. uh, they were writing her off as if she was yesterday's news. I mean, the newspapers were saying, you know, if this is the new Taylor Swift, we want the old one back. Like all these things. When Kobe tore his Achilles, you know, people were like, you, you know, this is like, people don't come back from this. Mm-hmm. You can't, how are you going to come back? Mm-hmm. But he put in the work and like behind the scenes. And for me, I mean, I just look at that and like, we all go through struggles. People have, I mean, you and I just met a few months ago, but I know that you've gone through things in life that maybe you've shared on this podcast. Maybe you haven't shared because you don't need to share, but everybody should know, like we've all go, gone through something. We've all gone through a, a, some sort of somebody's passed away in our life or a career uh, uh, setback or, you know, a major change in our life that looks like it could be debilitating. And, and so I think it's important for people to keep in mind, like even the greats, you know, Walt Disney went bankrupt. People don't often think of that. Like the first day of Disneyland was not a success. It, the pipes broke, the cement was wet, the ladies' heels were getting stuck in, the, 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 they ran out of uh, uh, a bunch of things. Like, Can I offer a, a, an, an addition to that? Yeah. I think people are great. The greats are the way that they are because of those experiences. That yes, yes. If you don't go through that stuff, then how do you how do you know what? If the, the top feels so much so much sweeter when you have to come through. Yes. Every what, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for when uh, hardship or like, like metaphorically the top is better. You got to swim oh, the valley. Get into the sewers. You know. Yes. Yes. Get into that grungy water. Know what it feels like. So then when yeah. next time you you get to swim at in a in the peak at the penthouse of a hotel. Yes. You're in the in those infinity pools, you're like, wow, this is awesome. But if you just start in the infinity pool, you're like, right. oh, this is just a pool. <laughs> right? Just another one. <laughs> just another one. Yeah, it's like that mention of uh, you know, the peak's not worth it unless you go through the valley. Mm-hmm. You know? And then another metaphor I like using with some of my clients a lot and uh, for that to help them understand and decode that instant gratification piece you were talking about. Yes. Is I often ask them, how long does it take for a tree to get chopped down? Hmm. And how long? Let's, let's do the exercise. How long does it take? For- a tree depends on the size of the tree, I suppose. But if we're talking an average one, what, three minutes, two minutes, if that? Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. And inversely, how long does it take for a tree to grow to its full height? It take hundreds of years, right? I mean, sometimes some of these trees in the redwoods and all, good decades. Yeah. Absolutely. So that, in, in, that, in that metaphor is life. Yes. That greatness and whatever you want to build mm. can take decades, years, months to build. Yes. But destruction, the haters, criticism, 
they can come and chop that down in a second. But you you stay that the the the, the tree stays strong because yes. of the foundation that you built. But if but but if the the foundation of the tree is not that strong, then anytime you get a bad mention on Instagram, bad mention on Twitter, someone says something negative about, about your product, that tree is coming down. Exactly, and you kind of just. When Kobe was, uh, it's a beautiful analogy. And Kobe one time was being interviewed by somebody and they said, Kobe, don't you ever get nervous? Like mm-hmm. before a big, like, and it's not only before a big game, but if the game winning shot is on you, don't you get nervous? Mm-hmm. And he goes, no. And he's like, well, how not? How do you not get nervous? He's like, well, let's break it down. He says, what am I, what am I nervous about? If mm-hmm. I, am I nervous about missing it? Okay, if I miss it, then what? Then we lose the game. Okay, and then what? And then somebody writes a bad article about me. And then what? And then people say that I suck. Okay, and then what? He's like, it doesn't matter. If I make it, then we win the game Mm -hmm. and we go on to the next. Either way, we're going to go on to another game. Mm -hmm. And so that, that element, that's so much in one little like analogy, but it's like, a failure, what, what is failure? Just like in the grand scheme of things, like if we take at it as like, we're going to learn from this, then is it failure or is it growing, right? <laughs> and, and one of my, my favorite podcaster with the person I aspire to be side by side one day on the iTunes charts, Mr. Tim Ferriss, shout okay. out to Five Bullet Friday. Ah. He has a TED talk called Fear Setting. Mm-hmm. So on that on that same arc as Kobe describing what happens if you miss the game winning shot, he suggests that instead of setting your goals, you just unpack your fears. Because many people mm, get stuck it. in, I, I don't want to do this, but yeah, why? why? What are you afraid of? And then you keep asking, like, just like, just like wow. Kobe did, go down bullet by bullet by bullet. Yeah. What is the cost? What are you, firstly, what are you afraid of? And then B, what is the cost of inaction? Yes. Setting it for, for since I've watched that and read the transcript of it, yeah, it has been such a game changer for me. I, I don't, I don't really. Goals are still important to me, but yeah. then as long as I unpack those fears, the goals will come organically. It's just as Kobe did. Just if you put uh, in the work, the shot will go in eventually. A hundred percent, and that is, if young people can get that at an early age, like that's going to make their lives so much more impactful, and. Like the idea, again, the idea of fear, it's in our minds. Yep. It's in our minds. And if we just learn from the failures, rather than being afraid of failure, but say, okay, yeah, that was a mess up, but we all have, we are all going to fail. Nobody is perfect. Right. We're all going to fail. The difference is we all won't learn from our failures. Some people mm-hmm. will choose to fail again and fail again and fail again. But it takes, it's upon us to realize, hey, I messed up, you know, Mm -hmm. I did that wrong. How could I grow from it the next time? And I feel like if we have that perspective, that way we can say, yeah, I know I'm going to mess up. That's okay. Like I'll learn from it the next time, Mm -hmm. you know, that's That's the whole microcosm. Yeah. Number eight, Kobe messed up. Yes. So a lot as both a teammate, as, as a human, to some extent, However, what we remember him for in a couple of days and forever. Yeah. If you ask the average person about Kobe Bryant, it's not going to be, he was an extremely selfish person who right. drank Keel O'Neill out of Los Angeles. 
right is for everything that we have discussed over this last half an hour or so yeah 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 you're right you got it you got it like it's okay to fail it's okay it's so okay to fail you but you can't resolve an issue at the same problem that you created it as like if, if i had a wall of my inspiration similar as you and kobe do albert einstein would be one of those people and that that's one of his famous sayings yes you, you resolve a problem at a different level in which you created it yes i'm gonna butcher it and it might not even be einstein it was somebody i think it was edison <laughs> or somebody he was like i haven't failed i just found ten thousand ways that don't work or however many times he said right like you guys edison edison uh, yeah electricity yeah 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 and it was like that's the mind. That's the growth mindset. You know, yeah. it didn't fail. It's just that didn't work. <laughs> okay. What's going to work. And I think in Kobe's life it was the same thing. Like as he grew and matured and got to the point where he was as a basketball player and as a human being and as an author and a creator and so many other things, he, he, he didn't have the fear of failure because he knew it was, it was an opportunity to grow. The one thing he did fear was bees, <laughs> which I yeah, share. That I read about that. I was so yeah. random. <laughs> I share that same thing. In fact, I was telling my, my, I've never been stung by the way, by a, a bee. And so, yeah. I've never been stung and I've heard it's a horrible experience. I almost got stung actually, but I run. People say, Oh, don't run. My students, they'd always say, Mr. N, they tell me like, if you just stand there, then they'll go away. I said, let me ask you something. Have you been stung by a bee? Oh yeah, I have. I said, well, let me tell you, I never been stung. And the reason is I run from those things. <laughs> I run as far away as possible. And so Kobe and I share that. I don't mess with bees, man. Those yeah. don't mess with those. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. Kobe used to go diving with, with sharks, but he I heard that. scared of bees, which is which speaks to the humanity of our heroes and the people yes. that we put on pedestals as well that like continues to speak to that we are all human and right <laughs> our little <laughs> fears and even the greatest even one of the greatest basketball players of all time has simple fears 100 <laughs> percent. yep <laughs> awesome so part of mamba mentality is he was very during it when his jerseys got got retired on december 18th i guess four years back now one of the things that he said at halftime, I was very lucky to be in the crowd that and one thing that I, I wrote in my notes was he said, it's our responsibility to make these next 20 years better than the last 20. Wow. So Mamba mentality, super focused, being future focused and developing a better future than the, than your past or and present. Yes. What does that look like for you? What do you have coming down the pipeline for Mr. Andrew, for Mr. N? <laughs> well, uh, First of all, uh, that is amazing that you were there that night. I was not. Um, and, and so just to have that memory, you know, for you, for the rest of your life, I mean, that's huge, man. I mean, obviously, uh, it, to have one jersey is a big deal. Mm -hmm. Have two up there. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's Kobe again, you know. Um, that's just marks his greatness once again. For me... Um, I've got a couple of projects in the pipeline. Some of them I can say, some of them I can't speak okay. to at the moment. Um, but I'm excited about about just my my job, my role. I feel um, as an educator and just as uh, somebody who is, has the privilege of of impacting people's lives. Uh, I, I've 
I've put together, I'm working right now at Vanguard. So I, I thankfully get to do a, a class based on the book that I wrote, The Show Matters. And it's all about helping future teachers. Well, how can I say this? It, to, to put it brought briefly without reading the book, it's it, the show. So I used to work at Disneyland. Mm -hmm. And so uh, there at Disney, whether you're a custodian or the CEO, putting on a good show is what they do. Mm -hmm. so I happen to work in West Side stores and I also worked at the Blue Bayou restaurant in college. And so that's that ride where the Pirates of the Caribbean goes through and you got this like dark restaurant, whatever. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I learned as a Disney cast member that you've got to put on a good show for the guests. This could be their first time to Disneyland and their only time to Disneyland. This could be their hundredth time to Disneyland, but it is, you've got to put on a good show. So as a teacher, when I say the show matters, I want to inspire teachers, future teachers to put on a good show mm -hmm. for their students. Mm -hmm. So I was given the opportunity by Vanguard University to build a class around the book. And so I've teamed up with another um, friend of mine who started her own company called Flourish and it's to help people realize a growth mindset and the power of resiliency. And so for me, um, you know, like we're talking about, we all go through crazy hard times. How do we use that time to make ourselves better and others people better? Mm -hmm. So that's one thing I've written a book, another book recently. It's a, it's a, um, for teens. Um, but it's a, it's called hope. Uh, I, I hope uh, to get it out this year. Um, <laughs> uh, it took me like five years to write because I've just been so busy, um, but I co-wrote it actually. So kind of like how Kobe created Epica and then Ivy Claire wrote it, right? Yep. Or created Wizenard and Wesley King wrote it. Um, I did the similar thing with one of my former students. So she gave me ideas and then I wrote it. Wow. So, yeah. And so... Um, trying to channel different ideas from kids because kids see the world in different ways than we see it, right? And so I wrote the book trying to be uh, from the perspective of kids, of, of, of like they're, they're junior hires in the story. And so, um, but I wanted her, their, her perspective and her way so that it was not just an adult writing as a kid. Mm -hmm. right? I'm sorry to interrupt. That's not the first time you've done that at an empowered youth, uh, um, a younger person as well in the show matters. Yes. You have, I believe a grade five, one of your grade five students. That's right. Illustrate the book and mm -hmm. I'll, I'll put, uh, I'll put how to purchase, I'll put the, how to purchase the book oh. in the show notes below as Wonderful. well. That's yeah. awesome that you just continue to have that theme of empowering those around you, especially younger people. And that's all you can ask for in a teacher, in my opinion. Exactly. Yeah. And AJ, actually, I'm going to go see him after this interview, actually, because he's doing some illustrations for another project we're working on. So it's, uh, it is great, man. It's, it's cool to see, like, you know, with your work, when you see that you've inspired somebody like Kobe inspired millions, mm -hmm. it, it, it's addicting. <laughs> it is, it's, it's that feedback he was talking about, right? Yes, exactly. It's that feedback. It's like, okay, I think this is good, but it's actually impacting other people as well. And so AJ, who did all the, all the illustrations for 
the show matters. He's now a, a junior in high school. But when he was in my fifth grade class, I let him. Junior and I. Uh, we, oh, we, I'm sorry. Canadians don't have, we, we go by grade numbers. What is oh, that? So this would be 11th grade. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So six years. Okay. Well, yeah, sorry to yeah. Please go ahead. No, that's okay. I'm glad to contextualize it. Um, yeah. So he's, so he, like I noticed talking about passions, right. And letting kids and people use the Mamba mentality, not just in basketball, but for their passions. I saw at fifth grade, like this kid is a great artist. He's got something already at fifth grade. Little did I know that one day he'd be doing these projects with me, but I, I let him let that flourish. So like he was really good at math and he's really good at, he's high in all of his, stu his, studies, his studies, right? So I was like, all right, I could either, either make this kid like not draw and waste today and not have, it, or let me go to him. Let me see like, hey, do you understand this? Now, can you do these math questions for me? Let me just know that you got the concept, right? right. He'd do the questions, he'd do it. Okay, good. Now I can see that like, you know how to add and divide fractions, whatever it was. Go ahead. You can continue drawing. But like, let's do the important stuff now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But like, he knew when it was like, okay, if I don't know something, I'm going to learn it from Mr. N. If I already know how to do this, he's yeah. not going to make me waste my time listening to another five questions. He's going to let me doodle. And I mean, and draw and, and so I really believe adults should let kids be passionate about what they're doing. Yeah. And Kobe was very, a big advocate of this. Yes. He was coaching his daughter. A lot of people questioned when they, or they observed that when they were watching Kobe coach, coach Gianna, that Kobe wouldn't say much. He was very, very observant. Yes. Like and Phil. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I see that you have his book behind you as well. That's right. You saw that. <laughs> That's the only way we know about people now. What's behind them on a Zoom? I know, call? right? <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, Kobe was a big advocate of allowing young people to self-explore, self-regulate. Yes. Find that, give them the space to get better, um, find that inner piece of motivation amongst themselves. Yeah. And I think that's beautiful what you've done for, I, I, I would speaking on behalf of all your students hundreds and if not thousands thank but. you no i it really is a joy and i and i learned from kobe so many things like but that was certainly one of them which was like let people like sometimes and he said this before too and i'll just reiterate but like get out the way like adults need to get out of the way and let them shine like let kids be themselves and let them allow their passion we're only kids for so long right i mean even 18 well, some, of us, some of us uh, some of us some of us well like <laughs> one of my favorite marchers is some people grow older but not wiser <laughs> <laughs> right age wise i guess i should be more specific <laughs> yeah i think we should try and remain young in our minds forever but um but yeah like you're only 10 years old one year you're only 11 years old one year like we got to let kids be kids. And this whole notion of, uh, I'll just say it, I don't even care. This standardized test craziness where we're trying to make third graders sit in front of a computer and take a four hour test. Are you kidding me? Like for what? So that the, so that they can get their money for the school. Like, come on now, let these kids be kids. Let them spend their youth, you know, finding ways that they can, I don't know how they do it in Canada. I'm just speaking to the, 
Yeah, American. I, it was made for a while. I'll ask my teacher friends, but that doesn't sound very appealing to me if I were a parent or a student. No, right? And and we got to like, if, if this pandemic is going to help us, like Kobe was all about doing things differently, like not the status quo, you know, like everything he did was like, for example, I got to, I got to meet him at Barnes and Noble um, for a book event. And um, I was super thrilled because that, <laughs> that night I actually had open house. So I had to, I had, to, or no, it was back to school night. So I was able to work it out where I did my back to school night. And then I raced over to Newport beach mm. and I got to go see Kobe and his people let me get to the front of the line. Um, I got to, I got to, you know, the, the, um, there were some people that got to go ahead, like, um, uh, disabled and, and special needs and different people. So they all got to obviously rightly so, you know, go, but thankfully right after that, I was able to, uh, they said, okay, well, when, when this group is finished, you're in first. And I was like, man, thank you. So I got to talk with Kobe for a little bit and I walked in, he's like, Mr. N, how's it going? Like, good to see you again. You know, yeah, yeah. this is the first time after I, I saw him from my classroom. So I mean, first of all, like this guy sees thousands upon thousands of people. The fact that he's like, hey, Mr. N, like, yeah. first of all, I want to say like, hey, it's Andrew. Like, you don't have to call me. <laughs> um, in fact, his staff used to be like, you know, we call you Mr. N, like at the office. Kobe calls you Mr. N. And I was like, if you want, but like, you can call me Andrew. Like, okay, I'll let them know. <laughs> Whatever, as long as I'm being talked about, right? <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. But I got to talk to Kobe a little bit about like, so I don't know if you've listened to it all, any of the, so on iTunes, they have the audio version of these books. Okay. And Felicia Rashad, who is famous actor, actress in America and all, she narrates it. And so, um, but I said, you know, Kobe, it's crazy. Like before the Wizenard series came out on iTunes, I would play this music in the background while I read. And it was like this kind of like mystical space, space kind of, cool music to kind of match the tone of Wizenard series, right? And I yep. said, but you know what's crazy is when Wizenard came out on iTunes, it, it kind of had that same theme, that same like kind of like space age kind of love. And he's like, yeah, you know what? Like we got the London Philharmonic to do the music for the background and we got like them to do this for us. And I said, man, it just sounds, it sounds magical. It's beautiful. The show matters. Every the show matters. Show matters, man. Yes. And yeah, totally. And, and he was saying, um, so in another interview that he did, so to kind of bounce off of that, he was saying, I think with Jay Shetty actually, and he was like, people were saying, oh, there's no money in books. There's no money in doing this. And he's like, but, it, but it's for kids, so it matters. And he's like, if it makes a difference for one person, then it matters, you know? And so this like idea of, like doing things different. I also uh, heard that like in an interview, he said, this blows my mind. So like companies told him no, like that he couldn't publish a book the way that he wanted. Like you look at this thing, you look at Epica. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's beautiful. You got colorful pages, right? I mean, it's just crazy. And you think this book should cost 30 bucks. The back is 16.99. The barcode is that pillar, you know, like, it's unbelievable. And, but some people said, no, nah, we can't do it. We can't do that. To Kobe, like, it'd be one thing if you and I come to a thing, say like, 
hey, let's try this, you know, and they'd be like, well, you know what, Nitsuris, or you know what, Gabe, we got it, we got to do this differently. <laughs> but this is like, fine, 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 fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, I guess we'll, we'll, you say it, so we got to, yeah. but the fact that people told Kobe no, and the fact that he went ahead and was like, no, 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 we're going to do this, and we're going to do it great, and it's going to look beautiful. He did things differently, and like, so that's why I hope we can all leverage this pandemic to kind of just say like, what are we doing wrong? What can we change? And now's the perfect time to do it because we've turned the world upside down. How can not we even sorry to interrupt? Not even what we're doing. Not not to reframe it a bit. Yeah. I think oftentimes for positive psychology, as I'm training yes. to be a counselor right now, it's important even when things aren't going wrong. Yes. Your one of your signature mantras is obsessed with better. So even if nothing's wrong, yeah, we have so much time at home right now. Yes. How can we still do it better? Right. Yes, a hundred percent. If we did great today, how can we be better tomorrow? hundred percent. And yeah. do that again and again and again and again. The James yeah. Clear, author of Atomic Habits, calls that the aggregation of marginal gains. One percent better every day. Yes. Yes. Uh, so to, to to conclude here, Mr. N, Mr. N, <laughs> to, out of, out of, to, to, to keep this at a optimistic length for for all for, for both kobe fans as well as hardcore kobe fans as well as casual kobe fans yes help us wrap this up here my signature question that i ask every single guest and i love 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 hearing the answer from them is my it's called teen tip tuesday my grade 10 social i guess what, what do you guys call grade 10 over there uh sophomore year in my sophomore year <laughs> I had a, that's so cool. I would love to be a sophomore as opposed to grade 10. In my sophomore year, I had a great study skills teacher by the name of Mr. Anstey. Okay. He, and he would always ask his older students to come back to give us advice. And he would ask them, what's the piece of advice you would give to your 16 year old self? Hmm. So Mr. N, what's the, what's your teen tip Tuesday for our audience today? That is a great question. And I, and I would say this, if I were to be able to go back and tell myself something from that time, I would say, try as many things as you possibly can. So for example, I didn't try out for the basketball team until I was a senior in high school. I was afraid I wouldn't make it. I should have tried out. My friend, who's now still a good friend of mine to this day, he was on the basketball team. He said, just do it. Just try out. Like if you don't make it, then you don't make it but like, just try out. Why well, did I tried out and it was a great year. I loved that year of playing basketball, the bench particularly, but uh, sometimes I'd get in, right? <laughs> the air conditioning was awesome all year, right? <laughs> oh God, yeah, it was wonderful. <laughs> but I would tell 16 year olds and I would tell young people and I would tell my fourth graders like this is often like, just try it. Like if you think you might like something, try it. And mm -hmm. if you don't like it, then that's fine. Then you, at least you can say you tried because I would say that looking back, I regret not trying out earlier, you mm -hmm. know? So don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of what other people think. Don't be afraid of what you might think of yourself. Like, Oh, I'm not good enough or whatever. Try out. And also another thing I would say is don't give any less than your absolute best every day. Cause I, I didn't in sixth grade. I really didn't try. And I didn't think I can do it. And long story short, I got a master's degree and I got straight A's. I didn't take a magic wand. Nobody like gave me some magical, you know. You did work at Disney though. So you might have some magic. I'm not sure. You know, 
<laughs> I, I can't confirm or deny if any Tinkerbell dust was uh, given uh, during those times. No, but, <laughs> but uh, you know, they're capable of so much more than students are capable of so much more than they think they're capable of mm-hmm. a lot of them. And adults, you are, I think so, some people get stuck in the paradigm of, oh, yeah. it's too late. I have, I have kids, I have a mortgage, et cetera, et cetera. Right. We, we make up a lot of. Yes. Barriers. Bar- yeah. Thank you. Yes. Barriers for ourselves. However, Nike says it best. Just continue to do it. Yeah, that's right. Just do it. Find, find the time to do it. If, if it's if it's important to you, you'll you'll find the time to do Correct. it. Correct. And you know, Kobe, I don't know, still to this day, I don't know how he did it, but like he woke up at 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. 4 a.m. And you know, for me, when I wake up at 6 a.m., that's early. That's an early <laughs> day for me. For most people, I think, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, I, I would th- I would think so. But there are people that like wake up at 4 a.m., right? And so for me, I realize like I can't I can stay up late till 12 and work, but I 4 a.m. is just not my body world. But that said, like people are, if, if you want, if somebody has a goal, if they want to get into the school they want to get to, they want to be good at some particular uh, uh, thing in their life field, it's possible. It's just, what are you willing to sacrifice to get there? Kobe sacrificed sleep, he said, because mm-hmm. he sacrificed sleep because he knew he wanted to be a good basketball player. And he also wanted to be a good parent, but he wasn't willing to sacrifice any any of those. He wasn't going to sacrifice being a good parent and be a sucky basketball player. And he wasn't going to be a sucky basketball player and not, or be a great basketball player, but a sucky parent. Right. So he just realized, all right, I'm getting up at 4 a.m. so that I can do both. So the sacrifices, there are, there are, yeah. So we got to make sacrifice to make progress. 100%. That's actually one piece of the Mamba mentality that I implement day to day, Monday through Saturday. I'm a 4 a.m. club member. Actually, wow. sometimes it's 4.15, cheating a little bit. Sorry, Cove. <laughs> but I realized after having adopted this since he started publicizing it, yeah. really, I don't really don't know how he did it. Because he would, after you, after you drive home from Staples on a home game, you could get your icing in, finish your media rounds, you're home at like 12.31. If you have to get back to New- Newport, you're getting like three, four hours of sleep, if that. Right. I, I'm, I'm doing the 4 a.m., but... I am very, very active and I protect my sleep hours. I'm in bed 9.30. I need this no time. Way. I'm also not going to compromise not paying tribute to my hero in the, in the best way I know how. So. Wow, that's incredible, man. I didn't know you you were on the 4 a.m. track. That's uh, When did you start that, you said? Whenever he started publicizing it and, and he made his routine more, uh, more accessible. Oh, I think probably okay. two and a half years ago. Okay. Yeah, wow. so- and I've fallen off the tracks a couple of times. It's not every single day, but 80% of the day since I discovered that he did that, it is something that I have wow. adopted and I execute. That's amazing. Well, and it's, and you know, I've, I've heard, I don't get up that early, but I've heard that like the distractions are less as well. You're not getting text messages. You're not getting emails. You're not getting, you know, because who's up at 4 a.m. <laughs> other, other, you'd be surprised, Andrew, other time zones. I went to university in Toronto. Huh. So about an hour or two into my day, my my university friends will start stirring. My, okay. And then you're like, oh, okay, five a.m. We've got to answer a couple of things. But I yeah. still have that that hour is so important to me. Where silence. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> awesome, man. I very much appreciate your time today. Is there anything else you'd like to cover that we didn't get a chance to cover? I know we 
we, we did an awesome job. I think Kobe would. Grab. <laughs> I think so. Yes. No, I just, I feel like, uh, first of all, again, thanks for having me on here. Uh, for those listening, I, I hope it was inspiring and somehow motivated them to, to be the best version of themselves. And then the next day become even better. And, you know, I just, I really do think that, uh, you know, I believe there's an afterlife. I believe that, um, Kobe is in a, in a much better place, uh, than we are now. And I, I don't know exactly what goes on up there. I don't know, you know, what the whole operation entails, <laughs> but, um, I, I feel like his, his presence, um, it, it's here, it's still on earth and he touched so many lives and he touched so many people and to, in our own ways, like carry on the Mamba mentality, you with your work, me with mine and the listeners and everybody else. Um, it, it's, it's, it's unexplainable what happened and why it happened. And it's, I know for you, as it is for me, there's not a day that goes by that I don't think about Kobe Bryant, that I don't think about the Mamba mentality, that I don't think about like his impact that he had on my life and the millions of people around the world. And to think that we can continue that on, that we can continue that legacy through his work. Uh, it's a high calling, but um, I just think you're, you're doing a, an amazing job with the stuff that you put out and the content that you, that you uh, bring to the world. And, and I know that every post that you make and every episode that you release, it's with that same passion. So in, an, in a sense, um, he still lives on here with us. And I think that for all of the Kobe fans listening, we gotta, we gotta keep that spirit alive because that's what he would want us to do, so. 100%. Thank you very much for beautifully gift wrapping. I know we're a little bit past Christmas now, but that was yeah. a perfect hold of, the, of, the, of this package. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you. So you're welcome. And Kobe said a lot the, during the Lakers playoff bubble run. It was a very popular refrain to call back when, when, he, when he said in the final against Orlando when he said, job not finished. Yes. And to punctuate and to reaffirm what you said, job was finished in Disneyland in Orlando with the championship. However, job never finished until we join Cope up there. That's exactly right. And we continue on his work with trying to match his fervor and passion each and every day getting better. You got it. Very much, very much appreciate your time again. Appreciate Thank the vulnerability, you. appreciate the rawness and appreciate the stories. They were so fun. And oh. I hope that someone out there gains some value from your insights. Please don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe to this podcast. If you made it all the way to this point, Andrew and I appreciate you. So thank you. Thank you very much for listening. And Andrew, I hope that one day when this pandemic peters out a bit, I can join you in your classroom. I would love to <laughs> shoot a learn ball. Love All right. Learn ball. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. We'll make it happen. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Thank you very much again. Take care.